Hey everybody, thanks for being here at the Hunt, Fish, Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Mickey Reeves. We're going to sit down today and talk about a tale of two families. Mine uh, and my kids, they have wanted to be on a podcast and this podcast since we came up with this idea. And Wes's kids, our producer and my co-founder of Hunt, Fish, Thrive, uh, his kids sat down with us. And so thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here for a conversation with the kids about their experiences hunting. You know, we took the kids um, and had this, you know, hunting weekend mm -hmm. with them. And, um, and that's kind of the basis of, of kind of just chatting with them, mm -hmm. uh, which is the first conversation, you know, where, um, you know, they get to talk about it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that was kind of cool. So yeah. that's where some of these conversations uh, will piece together. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that first... Um, Let's say you wanted to, I don't know if you have here, if I'm jumping in, you say, hey, let's talk and go this other direction. Did you have anything you wanted to preface? I should say this first. Let me say a thing and yeah. then and then connect okay. into what yeah. you're saying. So so we had them and then I tried to kind of have this, uh, oh, I've got a great idea. We'll use this context to sort of do this hunt, fish, thrive. We're trying to teach not only some concepts, but maybe some skills. And I tried to bring in this Mm -hmm. I'll teach some active listening and and uh, storytelling skills and and uh, that that didn't flow like I had hoped. Mm -hmm. You know, it probably had some awkwardness, and so I don't know. You know, we haven't decided on the on the cut of that mm -hmm. that, that folks are going to see and hear on that. But at least it'll be it could be fun if we use it to go when you ask kids questions. Um, the way it's just fun to sometimes hear how they understand the question yeah. because they actually don't have um, an issue with answering. They don't, you know, so because uh, when you brought, brought up you know, just now the storytelling things like, you know, you know good points of story. It's kind of comical. Some of the answers we got and we, yeah. may, we cut to that, but, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, it's not really, you know, yeah. it's just fun that kids answer in a different paradigm, mental paradigm than, you know, we think. For sure. And that's definitely something yeah. when I'm meeting with a kid and a parent for counseling. Yeah. You know, their kid will say something and the mm -hmm. parent will be like wide-eyed or roll their eyes, you know. And, yeah. and I, sometimes i got to put my skills in trying to segue that somehow and connect the dots, you know. Um, but, uh, but it's fun. Yeah. Again, that kind of goes back to being interested, being fascinated mm -hmm. with what's happening rather than what you think should be happening. Mm -hmm. um, so that being said, I had... I don't know, when I was just preparing for that, sat down with the kids. You've been around me a long time. You know me and my cheesy titles of stuff. So you don't have to title this, this. Okay. See, and then I get embarrassed when I... But the, but the phrase, a tale of two families. Thank you for laughing. Ah, that's cheesy, right? But when I was thinking about it, just thinking about the kids and I was writing... Mm -hmm. some affirmations for them. I wanted to affirm them, mm -hmm. and I, I tried to do that. I didn't meld it in maybe as clean as I wanted to, but um, um, just thinking about those contrasts, right? In, in the hunting and fishing space, we use this term R3, recruit, reactivate, and retain. And it's the big thing because in the North American model of converse, conversation, that's funny, um, conservation we need to make a play on words of that. Conversations, yeah. conversations. Anyway. Um, Freudian slip, that is called. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, in the North American model, 
the more people we have doing a thing, the more demand, the more supply, right? Theoretically, and we have some issues. So there's some issues right now with, are we creating more demand, but there's no chance of creating more supply. That's, mm. that's the fear, right? That we're just holding on to these diminishing vestiges of, uh, that's the first time I ever used vestiges in a conversation. I don't know where that came from. Um, these diminishing, yeah. I'm gonna refrain from a joke so that we can keep going. Okay, uh, thank you. Um, so, um, but anyhow, um, that's neither here nor there anyway, R3. Uh, we really embody that, right? Um, you, you personally kind of embody the reactivate, mm-hmm. right? You hunted some when you were a kid, you were around hunting some when you were a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of uh, maybe what I would call co- common and normal when we were growing up. Hunted a couple times a year, definitely yeah. around it. Yeah. Definitely what what used to be more the norm. Mm-hmm. My family being what maybe we get char- both then and now getting characterized as a hunting family. I mean, Christmas, Thanksgiving was about how fast can we eat and how fast can we open presents because it's time to go hunting. That's what we did as a family. Mm-hmm. You know, as extended family, my my tight family, not as much. My dad um, didn't necessarily love, but my mom and dad would take me hunting and they would just sit in the car and take a nap and I'd go wander around with my bird dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my kids being around hunting from day one. Um, I mentioned some of this, I guess, in the when we sat down with the kids. But, I mean, it was important for me. I wanted my kids to crawl around on deer and, and be, we talked in another podcast, be smelling those smells and react to them just with no preconceived notions. That's just the smell of blood. In fact, we even have a phrase uh, that blood was the first, and now we use it in our life. That's just stuff. You know, because my kids, when they were four or five, all of a sudden decided that had to be gross. And so mm-hmm. It's just stuff. What, what, makes water, uh, what makes blood different from water? It's just a liquid. Mm-hmm. The only thing that makes it different is meaning that we attribute to it. We can do that in a healthy way or not a healthy way. And, but now we say that about things at school or things, mm-hmm. not, not physical things, but you know, math is just stuff. It's just something to be experienced, you know. And, um, but I guess for the tale of two families, there's a pro to my kids being around it. There's a con. It's just for granted for them. They've just always been in the country, always been around hunting. They presume that they will always get to hunt. Sometimes it's hard, you know, a little bit. It's like, why aren't you not more excited about this? Mm-hmm. You know, your son, Wes's son, Weston, mm-hmm. he's been around it for like four seconds, and he's like, just like I was when I was a kid. You know, I've had to be very careful, by the way, not to say that mm-hmm. to my kids, right? Um, you know, um, but I see this vibrancy, you know, in your kids. So they're that first, that sort of that recruit side. You're kind of on that reactivate side, recruit side. And then I feel this burden of retain, right? And I want the North American model of conservation to feel the pressure. Mm-hmm. We got to do something. Because now it's not Mickey that wants to keep hunting for the rest of his life. It's Caleb and Logan, Mickey's kids. And now Wes is getting... Kind of looking at it, mostly for your kids' benefit. We haven't even really talked that much what, you know, you're going to be a trigger puller or not. But, you know, I bet you do at some point, you know, with us doing this stuff. But definitely your kids. Your oldest daughter's already done that and 
And these boys are chomping at the bits, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to use it for good, right? Because like, like personality types, you know, Weston is ready to go. One of the things I've been doing is Weston, if you can't not interrupt me when I'm talking, which is funny since I interrupt constantly, but Weston, if you can't not interrupt, if you can't have the self-control to not interrupt me when I'm talking, then I'm a little worried about your self-control with a loaded weapon, right? Yeah. Well, I'm really not, to be mm -hmm. quite honest, but what a great way mm -hmm. to help him mm -hmm. <clears throat> just not interrupt as much. You know, he's great, obviously. But, but, but to be developing self-control, because again, that's what all this is about, is practicing things mm -hmm. in a realm that's important, but not, you know, the most important thing in the world, but so that we'll use it on things that more, are more important, but those things will be urgent, and uh, we'll be glad we've practiced them, mm -hmm. you know, like self-control, so... Good. Anyway, that's just kind of what I was thinking about, you know, yeah. and just, I guess, back to that tale of two families, it's just for us, and you've expressed this to me, just been really um, reinvigorating, I guess, because now I see my son sort of kind of oblivious and sort of taking it for granted, and then all of a sudden he's given like a gun safety briefing, mm -hmm. you know, and and then reminding me kind of see it as taken for granted, or that he's just so comfortable and skilled that he's just cool, you know, about it all, mm -hmm. right? Logan has kind of shared that the more she's hunted with your kids, the more she wants to be, this is crazy, a hunting guide and may never kill anything, ever. Mm. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I like helping you, Dad, help the Riojas kids get to hunt. Now, I'm not, you know, setting right. any of that in stone or whatever, but but that involvement, I'm saying. Yeah, as she processes it, yeah. you know, because when she's 14 and processing it with, you know, whatever at that time, and 18 and then 20, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, that inform, you know, it's, it's just part of informing along the line, you know. It is. But uh, I will share, too, it know. forced a hard discussion in our home the other day. Because I'm like, sure, you know, Logan, if you don't ever want to have, you know, kill anything, that's fine. Oh, did that open the can of worms on daddy treating little girl different than he's treating older son, from the older <laughs> son, right? You, you know, made me, da-da-da-da-da, you know. Like, I, I didn't make you want to kill something. We did have a little problem with some, what was probably anxiety, and like you were super excited about it before we got the pickup, and then I just watched the flood of anxiety. Mm. And, and, and even then, didn't make-make, because, make, I mean, you can't, but um, strongly encourage, <laughs> you know, the sitting there the whole time, whispering in his ear, I'm not making you kill something, I'm making you overcome your anxiety. <laughs> you know, it's touchy. To be quite honest, if, how long I say this? I indulged myself because I teach this to folks all day, every day. I, there were moments where I was like, if I was a dad, I think I'd just, if, I, if this was like just a father-son interaction, I, I'd probably have to back off on this. You know, so I don't know. I don't know how, how that sounds or fits or whatever, but, but, but again, that's the point of Hunt Fish Thrive is, mm -hmm. I don't know if that was right or wrong, just doing the best I could with, you know, mm -hmm. with, with what I knew, you know, because... 
I didn't understand my anxiety when I was young, so. So uh, what we'll do is, I think it might be good to say, hey, we're gonna we'll we'll cut to some of these stories that uh, kids will tell. Yeah. Uh, in order, but uh, do you want to say anything about um, just in general about okay, ki- you know, kids? They're going to talk about experience that they had, and then they're unpacking it. Um, do you have a little commentary about it at all total, um, either about the experience, them unpacking their experience. Yeah. Well, the you know thoughts that you'd have there. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks for that. A couple real quick. Um, you know, the two main commenters, Weston and Max, have not yet been trigger pullers, mm-hmm. but are hunters. Mm-hmm. Not being defined by you know having aimed at and attempted to take an animal, Mm -hmm. but by being all in it. Mm -hmm. And I mean they are all in it. Mm -hmm. Even to the point I loved it, um, we have this term game eye. Um, Some people just have a game eye. They just are able to spot game. And we can actually psychologically dial down why that is. And and it's good. It's good for the brain. Mental health benefits. A, A person with a game eye. No guarantees in any of this stuff, right? But they're able to see little things and decide whether or not they're important. What they're doing with the game eye is they're seeing little things and rejecting, rejecting, rejecting. I'm not rejecting that. What is that? Mm-hmm. And then and then statistically ignoring when they key in and then say, oh, it's nothing. Okay, reject, reject, reject. Okay, what's that? Now, it looks like they're spot things so easy, but what they're really doing is rejecting things easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so they don't even realize they're rejecting it. And we can develop that ability, but some are more natural at it. Well, they can do the same with their emotions. Feel bad, who cares? Feel bad, who cares? Feel bad, who cares? Feel bad, oh, interesting. Feel bad, feel bad. Okay, I don't think I need to, you know, you see what I'm saying? Well, Olivia's just great at it. And um, wouldn't surprise me if that's due to some of her emotional experiences in life, right? Having great dad helping her process that stuff. Um, but anyway, the point of this is it was so funny because Olivia would see deer before I would. Mm-hmm. And I have bad eyes, like bad actual physical eyes. And so she would see with no binoculars and I have to look through my binoculars and still barely see stuff. And um, so, um, but Max would get so, mm-hmm. well, 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 she saw it because, you know, he'd have some reason, yeah. right? And it's just wonderful seeing mm-hmm. um, that desire mm-hmm. that he had to be a good hunter. And I think just for its sake, I don't think he was seeking approval or, or doing it. He just wanted to be good at it. Mm-hmm. And what's cool mm-hmm. is with no reward. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't a shooter. Right. He wasn't going to get to be a shooter. We, we've kind of felt like he's a year or two away. Or we haven't really talked about that. But we know it wasn't this year. Mm-hmm. Right? So maybe he does have a reward. So one of two things. Either doing that just for the doing of its sake, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Or doing it with a real long-term view sake. Mm-hmm. I don't know which. You may know which, but uh, either one, awesome. Yeah, right. They're doing it for a short-term reward. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's human nature too. That's no, not mm-hmm. bad. Uh, but I just was really impressed by that. I thought that was cool. And then when he would do that, then it would reignite Weston, who's a little younger, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and uh, by the way, you know, we didn't even mention this when we sat down with the kids. We all got sick on the hunt. 
Oh my gosh, we did. I mean, like bad sick. Yeah. Like bad, bad. Yeah. Right. And it just we were just trading it. Mm-hmm. Those two boys puked all day and night, and then you stood up, stayed up, took care of them. So I got a little mad at you, and you don't even know this. Because those two boys show up. We decided nobody was hunting the, the last morning we had taken mm-hmm. game. They show up down at my cabin at the bright early in the morning. They had been sick all night. I'm like, you guys are going to get me sick, which they did. And, um, but come to find out, I thought you'd let them come down there, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't be that mad. I'm teasing. Um, but in, in, in the reversal, when I found out, I was like, oh, man. What you know? Because I didn't even know they were gone. Yeah, they had gotten up, <laughs> yeah. got their hunting clothes on, yeah. and were down with me. Like, let's go hunting. <laughs> what, why, why are you sitting around, Mister Mickey, yeah. in your jammies? Yeah. You know. Well, and on the flip side, and, I literally did. I was literally up all night. I know. So my I I I, I stir pretty easily. Typically, yeah. I, I would have normally yeah. have, have recognized that they were up and around, which I didn't. And uh, to find out he was on the, you know, because those are just, that's when he hits as a, oh man, as a parent, it's pretty funny. Because you're like, you were uh, knocking on the door, or yeah, just walked yeah. in or whatever. No, just on the walked thing in, is, they didn't knock. Yeah, knock in, um, you know. <laughs> and I'm just teasing you because know. I'm saying this not as an undercut, but as yeah. a, that's the desire. That's that's what's wonderful. As soon as soon as they were not sick, they were back at it. You know. I mean, so, and when we well, say not actually, sick, they were still sick. They just yeah, as soon sick. as they weren't projectile yeah, vomiting, that's right. they were ready yeah. to go. Yeah. Well, and then right. uh, and actually, while Weston was sick, and Olivia came back and said she shot two deer. Um, man, Weston actually uh, he he got emotional about it. Oh, because he man. wasn't there. You know, oh, and I and you're we had getting we, emotional about it, right? You know, because I was talking with him, you know, and I was like, "Hey, bud, you know," because uh, one, he wasn't in the the um, he wasn't there with the experience. Yes, that. Max was there. He was but there. But here's the thing, and he was what? so freaking happy yeah. for his sister. They hugged, <laughs> big sister and little brother. I, it, unfortunately, because of the sickness, there was some anticlimacticness to it a little bit. And by the way. It was blowing 35 out of the north, and it was freaking cold. That was the other one, yeah. So when we when we went and picked up the deer, we really... There, I, I did feel kind of bad that there was some anticlimacticness to it, but we were all like, yeah. uh, I know we should talk and picture take and do all this, but yeah. I'm freaking freezing. Yeah, exactly. The sun was going down. Um, and, then, it, yeah. and then when we got back, we didn't kind of celebrate mm-hmm. with you and Weston like... Ideally, well, we just couldn't. It, it just, you know, you know just, and it, it was, just, uh, you know, so, and, it, and so maybe that, that exactly, maybe a little, little, and it's actually kind of funny that it wasn't even something they brought up or even thought of or remember because sometimes you think, oh, it colors the experience See, in I'm a negative to hear way. That because that's, um, but I, I tell you, like them being sick, they didn't make any connection to any of that. Good, you know, good. um, and had not good. even mentioned it. They're just like kids are so resilient. When's the, When's the next time to go talk with, you know, or see Mr. Mickey and, you know, or whatever. Yeah, so That's awesome. Um, well, they're good for my ego, for sure. Yeah. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, real quick, yeah. you remind me of something, too, there. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Dad. You know, you had every opportunity for an out on this deal. It was the last weekend of the season. So, so little Logan didn't even get to come because he got sick. So Before, we knew this sickness thing was probably going to happen. Well, to us. and we didn't know how contagious it was because you know sometimes kids get sick, 
But when the four-year-old, uh, he was throwing up, and you know, I called you, and I, I, my thing was, I just said, look, if if it's an automatic, no, let's cancel. Um, I wanted you to be able to make that call. Which, by the when way, you said doesn't matter to me. Which uh, we appreciated because then the boys didn't get disappointed, and we lose that hole for a year. So I was like, we just needed to know what we were getting into. And and, and by the way, <laughs> again, social skill there, right? Yeah. Social skill. Um, if we will invite and affirm with the other person, things change. Like, let me give you kind of a weird example. Um, when I have clients no-show on me, and I mean, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to charge them. Yeah. Right? When they're, well, da-da-da, they're getting charged. Mm-hmm. But when it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm not even going to give you an explanation because it doesn't even matter, charge me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It's actually pretty hard to, yeah, you know. And so, as soon as you said, "Here's what's going on," it's like, "Well, this is happening, mm-hmm. right?" I mean, we're going to make it happen. Yeah. Um, because the but, other, but, but the I'm other saying flip that, side but was... I'm saying that because of what you did, mm-hmm. because of you saying, "Let me give you choice." If you wouldn't give me choice, I'm a kid sick, but we're coming. I don't know. Maybe I would have been yeah. a little like, "Well, hey, man." Yeah. Um, and um, and uh, and but then when Weston got sick yeah. on the trip, then been, we began. Been, we all it'd been easier to say. Right. Hey, it's going to get worse. I'm going to hit the road so mm-hmm. I can get home before this gets worse. That would have made sense. Yeah. But then Olivia, because this is the last weekend of the season, which right. this is kind of circumstantial. In fact, if it wouldn't have been the last weekend, we might have made some bigger, different That's decisions. A, that, that actually would have impacted you know, it, you know, and, easily. And um, so we made it, it happen. You made it happen. You st- I mean, it's easy for me. I was a hunting guide, man. Mm-hmm. Y'all had people puking on you. I was like, I'm hunting. I'm cleaning deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... Um, you know, so so anyway, Olivia would not have gotten yeah, to have that experience if it were not for you being yeah. willing. But I feel like um, packing up in that moment would have just killed their spirit, even though they were sick because they can't reconcile all of that. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So, so that's like, what mattered that experience. You know, and now they did want mom. They, you know, I was there, but man, it just there's nothing like having mom oh, take care of you. Okay, and uh, and they were both. Max and Weston were laying in that same bed together going, Mama. And I was like, I'm sorry, son. You know, and, and they did. But it's funny, they woke up the next morning, and I'm I'm sure that they were just as glad that they stuck it out. You know? Here's here's what you just, okay, so let me validate what you're saying. So Erica Reicher has written, in my opinion, what's one of the greatest functional mental health books on the face of the planet, What Great Parents Do, I think is the title of the mm-hmm. book. I recommend it to everybody. Mm. I call her out publicly. Her publisher is failing her. Mm. I say that as a compliment because they could retitle that book, in my opinion, what great, and they could sell that book Mm. from presidents to employees, husbands, wives, bosses, kids. It is a synthesizing, a boiling down to how we apply mental health to getting along with each other. Parenting being, so, in my opinion, the ultimate example of influential leadership. And maybe the ultimate example because there's temptation to assert power, but it's just not the most effective way. It's just amazing, hmm. right? Now, she doesn't say this necessarily in the book, but I'm giving her credit. Mm-hmm. She says, my understanding, maybe the most accidentally problematic thing that parents 
fail to recognize and contribute to problems in kids' lives, not as blame thing or whatever, but as an opportunity thing, is the confusion between pain mm -hmm. and injury. Mm. So to put that in your terms that you just said in your story, I believed it could have injured them mm -hmm. to bail mm -hmm. on the trip. So I had to allow them to stay in pain, physical pain and emotional, relational, and psychological pain. They want, I want my mommy. Mm -hmm. I had to allow them to stay in that. It, to save them from that would have also been a theft, mm -hmm. right? And I tell you, when I work with teenagers, one of the most common things I hear is, he's mad at me, and I don't know why, and he won't tell me. The reason he won't tell me is because he doesn't exactly understand. So you've got to be careful sometimes. You don't want to like suggest or create. But what we'll discover is that their parent saved them, quote-unquote, from a difficulty and stole from them their belief and their ability to deal with life, which has caused them to be scared. And they don't know how to say, Mom, I'm mad at you, or Dad, I'm mad at you, because you stole from me my opportunities to practice or prove courage. And now I'm scared, and it is your fault. Mm. But how do you say that? You don't know how to say that, right? Um, and again, that doesn't make it the parent's fault either. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about how dynamics work. Never really talking about blame. We're just talking about mm -hmm. causality. Not even causality, just con contributing factors. Um, what a great, again, hunt, fish, thrive place to practice that. Because not because then you even prove it, right? Huh. So I didn't save them from that. And they were fine. Maybe I don't have to save them from that breakup. You know, and convince them. Maybe I don't have to save them from that thing that happened with grades. You know, or whatever, I don't know. Right. Or that thing that happened with the government. Not really, but sort of, you know, like, yeah, that, that feels bad, doesn't it? But we can have zero reaction to that feeling bad. We can just be in it. Yeah. Because um, that, by the way, is the antidote. You know about fight or flight. Psychology also recognizes the freeze response, which is to lock up and, mm -hmm. you know. But the answer um, is to feel. Mm -hmm. I know that's, I call it the counseling F word because it's kind of a cheesy word. But, and I swore when I became a counselor I wouldn't use the word feel, but there's just no way around it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it is, it is the, the sort of spout of the funnel um, uh, to feel in it. Mm -hmm. Then we can stay still, but now it's not freezing stay still. Now it's just wisdom, right? Or we can fight, but now it's not a reaction. It is a choice that we've made. Or now we can get away from a thing, which isn't a fraidy cat thing. It's prudence, you know? So we end up doing maybe some of the similar things, but with a totally different vibe yeah. and a totally different effect. Right? And, and again, we practice that with things like that. You know, uh, hunting fish is just such a great place. Like a theme for us this year, just real quick, was changing um, it's cold to I'm cold. Mm -hmm. And that was born not from my kids. That was born from some struggles I had on an elk hunt mm -hmm. with cold. And then my kids saying, I'm cold. Mm -hmm. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. Them saying, it's cold. Mm -hmm. Well, because the logical con conclusion to it's cold is don't go in it. But the logical conclusion to I'm cold is 
put on some of this abundance of, you know, fabric that's constructed into these garments that we've been developing over the last couple of thousand years that, yeah. you know, are called coats and gloves and hats. Right. Oh, yep. now what it is, is not relevant to what I am. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a silly little thing, simple little thing, but think of the, impl well, actually, think of the implication story... of that ability to say yeah. not school is hard, mm -hmm. but I'm struggling with this math. Okay, well then what do you do with something you're right. struggling with? You work on it. But if school right. is hard, don't go. That's, That's the right. logical conclusion. Yeah, versus closing down, it's being, it's, it's continuing to figure out how to solve that. Mm -hmm. So I it's mean, natural. And, and just it's just one, natural. It just in one that thing before that weekend happened. Um, you know, you had told me about the it's cold and um, oh, you know thing beforehand. We're already on that. And, kick, huh? uh, no, well, no. I'm saying you had told me about it, yeah, and then I couldn't remember when um, I started that. Uh, but it, it actually impacted going into that weekend mm -hmm. because. I told Danielle, hey, make sure, and it's packed in, we had uh, hand those little pocket warmers. Mm -hmm. And so when we were going to it, I handed all the kids, and they put it in. I think I offered it to your kids, and I think they were like, you know, Caleb's like, nope, I'm definitely not using those. But, um, I, and I could be wrong. That's how I remember well, it. Well, no, I but, got a story about that. But, it, but the thing was is um, I didn't really give my kids, I didn't give my kids that option. I just said put them in their pockets because I knew at some point they probably would put their hands there. Um, you know, uh, anticipating that they might say that. So it was, it was not really a preparation thing as much as, um, is like, um, you know, I didn't want to deactivate the, that, you know, like experience where they're like, oh, I'm cold or my hand's freezing mm -hmm. or whatever. You want to it be was responsive easy, to it. It was an easy way, uh, preemptively to give them something to put in. And then like the next day they asked for more. And so they liked having them. I didn't even know how kids were going to respond to that because they can get really warm. Yeah. But there's something about like, it's funny, like it may be really, really, really cold and you could probably feel it in your face, but I don't know why putting your hands in your pockets and you feel them makes your whole body feel warmer. When it's just, you realize like, maybe it's just my fingers or maybe just my toes, you know. Um, it, but it, it's like... <laughs> no, and, and I won't geek out on it right now because I don't know some of the terms, but it actually does switch your body from one pathway to another pathway. Yeah. Parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, feeling of doom versus feeling of hope. Because being cold and thinking there's nothing we can do about it messes us up. Yeah, I, you I'm going to talk warmth, about... You have warmth in you because it's not like we, we're not, as a family, we're not yet super outfitted. The boys are more outfitted than me because... My wife is awesome, and she told grandparents and stuff, start buying this stuff. Oh, so they, so cool. they, I'm like, I'm really, I'm like jealous of all the gear that they have. I don't have any gear because I'm not smart enough to ask for it. And um, and they have it all. That's they awesome. have packs, and they put it on or whatever. But even in that, like, um, it's not like we're super outfitted, but it's funny how outfitted you feel when you have uh, heat in your in your pockets. You know, <laughs> yes. the, the, the proverbial and cliche yeah. low-hanging fruit and being yeah. responsive to anxieties. Right, and by the way, one of the things I teach all the time is, you know what anxiety loves? Intentionality, not solutions. Mm. We think that anxiety wants us to solve problems. It does not. It just wants us to try. And here's what's wonderful about that. Our teenagers' problems, there's a whole bunch of them that there is no solution for. Mm. How, to, how, to, how to bridge social belonging and not getting into the bad stuff? Man, ain't nobody ever figured that out. Nobody's going to figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. but, to, but to be intentional about trying to navigate that yeah. difficulty. I'm just making up an mm -hmm. example. 
That's all the psyche needs. Oh, man, kids just melt. say kids, 15-ers, they just melt mm-hmm. when we truly intentionally address that. And so you psychologically, not to make a mountain out of a molehill, but, but you did that for them. You showed them, I got you back, guys. Because here's why I kind of reacted when you said the thing. Let me be the bad guy about a lot of stuff I say with this psychological attributions, right? So for years, hand warmers are stupid, uh, environmental harm. I had all these high-minded, dumb things. You know what I finally found out it was? Well, it was based on the fact that they, quote-unquote, never worked. Well, they never worked for two reasons with me too anxious and impatient to read the instructions that say it will take 15 to 30 minutes for these things to warm up. And you know what? I'd say that's been a thematic problem in my life. I try to claim to be tough, so I'll wait till I'm about to die frostbite before I actually do anything. And then I, quote unquote again, can't wait the 15 to 30 minutes for the thing to work because I pushed it too far. And then I, well, they don't work. Mm. Well, back to a theme that we've kind of brought out today, I had not, I just never discovered mm. that they worked because I didn't give them a chance to work. And by the way, right? this is not a loaded, this, we didn't plan this no, because I knew, this no, I actually knew none of that. Yeah, and so because so, 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 you hear me sometimes kind of getting on to people when they're pontificating about yeah. something, and I'm like, that's not the reason you don't like it. You don't like it for this very basic reason, right? And, and I'm guilty of that too. The reason I know it's a thing, it's not always a thing, right? Yeah. But, you know, we need to be careful with that. Yeah. Because actually in my notes, you know, when, when we talk about the elk hunt, we'll talk about, I've literally wondered if I had have a little bit of PTSD that affected me on the elk hunt, not to use that term too clichely. Yeah. But not from any battle that happened. Mm. I had an experience. I got frostbite. Mm. Um, I got wooden feet, mm. um, as sometimes the term is used, mm. um, where my feet were literally like two blocks of wood because mm. of the cold. Um, and I'm not sure. I literally mm. almost um, locked and loaded on a bus driver. Mm. You know, we're all sitting on a freaking bus, mm. right? Um, but we didn't have approval. Just tell you the quick story, we have approval to go from one country, Hungary, uh, to Croatia. We had to set for like six hours in a bus in like negative five. And the bus driver wouldn't run the heater on the bus because he wanted to um, save the money on the gas. Um, which So I got frostbite because of the system of how bus companies pay their bus drivers in freaking Hungary, yeah. you know. Uh, or really the government, you know, or the yeah. American government, uh, who contract them. And, uh, and that's either here or there, but, you know, but I, I've started wondering if that kind of affects me. Because hmm. um, I get, like, hmm. what we need a new term. Uh, hmm. You know the term hangry? Hungry, yeah. angry? Yeah. You have something for the cold? cold? Yeah, what would we call that? I don't know. Co- well, there is a... Hangry? No. There is something there because, um, not the, the, don't let me go out, but... Um, when you talk about like your open water adventures on the ocean, yeah. like I have a very difficult time being able to like really not have a, a reaction to it mm-hmm. because I have an open water fear that goes all the way back to childhood. Mm-hmm. It actually literally is tied to the movie Jaws yeah. uh, and followed by uh, lake experiences 
that I didn't realize till much later and then recognize as an adult. Um, but it's still, I just say, hey, I just have this thing about it. So, I mean, I've actually been driving going, if Mickey wants to get me out in the ocean, I'm not, I'm going to tell him I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just saying, but that will just be the reaction, knowing that won't be the end per se, but it's just like recognizing that reaction. Um, and that's the point it. is, yeah. the point is, is that that is, there's probably literally a word for this, this, for the, you know, for cold or extreme cold or whatever. Because uh, there is an actual thing for, you know, treading water, that open water fear. There's a word for that too. There probably is one for the fear of cold. Probably. Uh, because that's a very natural You would thing, think somebody you know? that knows about psychology. Like, yeah. Um, it's like, it's the shining I, I effect. No it's the end of the movie. I'm just kidding. He froze to death. But uh, I, I will it, say this real quick yeah. about phobies. The reason I don't know yeah. this is because... Uh, to give a compliment to the phobia experts, mm-hmm. uh, I basically just learned when I was studying all that is, man, I'm not going to become an expert in that. I can't study all that. But here's what I do know. If you had a, have a phobia, rationality is irrelevant. Um, and there is a cause. But we want to be careful, like yeah. you said, with what we start attributing that to. Mm-hmm. So if you were to say, hey, man, if you were to describe it like you just described it, so thanks, but no thanks on that offshore fishing trip. No problem. Yeah. The problems come in our psychology, just to use your example, is when we um, start to act like we are an expert in a bunch of things and declare another reason why we're not going to go on the offshore trip. And even if that's BS, I'm even fine with that. Mm-hmm. It's when you start believing yeah. that's the real reason. Mm-hmm. Um, your... Uh, and it could be personal, it could be equipment. It, mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we can find infinite number of deals, mm-hmm. right? The, the world will never, there will always be plenty of targets, yeah. right? Whatever the thing is, again, yeah. politics, when you get in politics. Well, I mean, I can go into... It's like, uh, there's just you know, no, like, I yeah. don't know how to run schools. You know, picking on an easy target, right? It's yeah. like, if I want to get on the PTA, or if I, if I want to do some things... But until I'm willing to learn some stuff about it, I I, I hear some confusing things. Mm-hmm. Well, my son got in a fight. I, I understand why the teacher is going to give blame to everybody. Mm-hmm. Why that makes sense to a school administrator. I don't agree. But I got I to gotta give it to her. And I got two choices. Get on the PTA. Get on the school board. Become a school administrator. Or just accept it. Mm-hmm. You know relatively unimportant thing that, you know, ended in a couple of days, yeah. a couple of days of detention for my boy. Um, well, I'll tell you what, I think, I think a good, if we were to, to um, segue into our, our next segment of this, um, you know, I think what we can do is uh, we're going to play this, we're going to play these clips and, um, you know, and they're just tied to the, to this really amazing weekend that our kids got to have. And for my kids, it was a first, um, my daughter, you know, her first hunt ever and to take not just one, but two deer. She gets to share that. Mm-hmm. Um, my son kind of sharing, being a part of the experience, how proud he was of his sister. And my other son who, um, I mean, right now it seems like he's already, you know, just like eating, drinking, whatever. Again, he's never even pulled the trigger. He's so like a little like, baby Daniel. You Brown. know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that just actually goes to his uh, nature that we recognize when he was little anyways. Uh, it's not tied to hunting. It's tied to adventure and discovery in the outdoors. I mean, it's just, you can't take it. It's just, I mean, you can't make him have that. It's just him. Eight, um, eight, so eight. we'll we'll let you guys watch that, and then uh, we'll, we'll come back afterwards. How are you guys? Are y'all all good? Yeah. 
I'm glad to have y'all here. I've been wanting to sit down and talk with y'all about uh, about some of the hunting we've been doing. Hear some stories, tell some stories. Uh, do you guys like stories? Yeah. Yeah? Yes, sir. Sometimes, our, sometimes my dad's mom and dad, we, we, they tell us they, our dad's daddy went, does hunting. Yeah. Yeah, so y'all had some family members that did some hunting uh, a long time ago, didn't you? That's kind of one of the things we're going to be talking about is, uh, is a lot of people's families used to hunt, but in these kind of modern days, a lot of people's families have gotten away from it. And, and that's the best way to, not the best way, it's one of the most common ways people get into hunting. And Yes, sir? It's kind of like they take a day off and they're tired about it and they're getting much older. It, yeah, one day leads to another day, leads to years and years and years and even generations. Until yeah. they get too old and old. But a lot of kids like y'all want to get back into hunting and stuff like that, don't you? Yeah, because they're younger than older. Yeah, yeah. Like so, uh, so y'all have really been getting into hunting. And one of the things that's big in, in our hunting traditions is telling stories. That's how we learn a lot. I used to sit around and listen to my granddads and my uncles tell stories about hunting, and that's the way I'd learn. So we're going to do some of that today. Does that sound good to y'all? Y'all yeah. want to hear some stories and tell some stories? Yes. All right, tell me one more thing, Weston. Then we're going to move move to the next thing. They always tell stories if the if you always have to tell the parents your parents if they want to. If they want to, if they don't, if they don't, then you don't, then you can't. If they do, you can. Yeah. Sometimes you can tell them, but you can tell of your friends and and your brothers and family and moms or dads or sisters or or any cousins. Yeah, so we uh, you, you're making a good point that we, a couple of things, we, we tell stories to people we care about, don't we? And that we're close to, and that's how we build our connections with each other. We care about anybody. Yeah. Well, we also, we also want to be careful that uh, about our stories, especially as hunters, right? Or as people that raise our own meat or do things, we want to um, we want to be careful. Uh, so we're going to actually talk today a little bit about how maybe we tell some stories, uh, you know, so that we're being considerate to people. Okay. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Um, what's that? People aren't usually used to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something we 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 need to practice, don't we? Let me tell you all a story first. This this is the one I want to start with. This is going to be a fast story. Um, but it kind of shows uh, some things I've tried to do with my family. So when my kids were uh, really little, uh, I wanted them to be around hunting uh, from the very beginning. I wanted it to be so natural to them that they just it didn't bother them, right? Um, even, um, you know, I would get a deer and I would bring it home even when they were little babies and they would crawl around on it and pet it even when they, you know, couldn't even walk and talk yet, you know. Just... Um, just so they'd be so naturally used to that. But there was a little time, uh, we had some stuff going on in our life, and Logan um, was around it when she was a little baby, but then she wasn't around it again until she was about five years old. So she hadn't been around it for a couple of years, and she had kind of forgotten some of what this hunting stuff was about. And uh, just a minute. And um, so, so um, we went hunting. And we'd only been hunting for a few minutes. We'd gone and sat in a deer stand on a field that we have. And we'd only been there about five minutes and some deer came out. 
and I wanted Logan to be able to, to see what it was like for a, a deer to get taken. So I shoot one of these deer, all right? And it, and it drops right there in the field, and we start to walk out there, and we're about 20, 30 yards away from it, and Logan stops, and she says, Dad, I'm feeling really bad. I think that means we've done something bad. Now, I'll be honest, as a, as a, as a dad that wanted my kids to just love hunting, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, my kid's not going to like this. I, I had to keep myself calm and had to not give her a lecture and I had to not get on to her, which I was kind of tempted to do. But I finally, I, I, I think I finally did something good for once as a dad. And, and, and I said, well, well, what do you mean by that? And she was, you know, four or five years old. I guess she was almost five and she didn't know exactly how to say it. So we talked a little bit about it and and we were able to realize that her feeling bad was that what was happening was unusual, right? There was this, you know, animal that was, you know, two, three times bigger than her, and now it was laying there, not alive anymore. That's kind of different, right? That's not something we experience a lot in life. And, and so bad more felt meant kind of, kind of weird or uncomfortable, right? And so we were able to talk about that, and we were able to talk about how maybe she could call those feelings something different than bad, maybe just uncomfortable, right? And to be able to say, this is new, I haven't experienced this. And then we were able to say that even if she was feeling bad, that didn't mean that we had done something bad, right? Have you guys ever felt bad about something, and you were kind of thought maybe that meant the thing was bad? But you were able to realize, no, that doesn't mean the thing is bad. Like maybe math. That might be something that we don't feel great about. But math is good, right? Because, you know, money, stuff like that. Um, so we were able to talk about that. And then we were able to talk about how we were going to eat this deer. We were able to talk about the meaning of it. We were able to talk about how its bones and its blood were going to fertilize our land. And we were able to talk about how we loved the deer. We prayed over the deer. Now, I thought Logan was going to cry before that because she was upset, right? But after we talked about it, she was good. And we'd only been hunting for a few minutes, and we had a lot of hunt left to go. So we go back to the deer stand. We're climbing up in the deer stand, and I see more deer coming. And I said, Logan, let's get inside. Maybe we can get another deer. And you know, the funny thing is I thought Logan was going to cry earlier because of sadness for the deer, but, in, but about 15 minutes later, she was crying because she was so mad that more of those deer didn't come out, we didn't get to kill another deer. <laughs> she went from feeling bad about the killing of the deer to wanting to kill more. So that's what happens, though, when we can kind of talk about some things. So um, what do you all think about that story? Yeah. What do you think? Was that a good story? Yeah. What was good about it? What did you like about that story, Max? Um, um, she learned that that you know something she feels bad that it's not really bad yeah yeah it doesn't ha a feeling about something doesn't have to lead to a judgment about it does it no. yeah and that that's where we get ourselves in in trouble a whole lot you know i tell people uh in my counseling practice a lot that uh, the problem in life is when stuff goes from our guts and our heart to our head 
you know, when we mix those things up and we, we start thinking things about stuff we feel, that can get us in trouble sometimes. So one of the things we want to talk about, because telling stories is such an important part of learning and connecting with each other. So what are some things y'all think make for a good story? Like how people tell stories or the way they talk about them. Can y'all think of any things that make for a good story? What do you think? Like animal, it doesn't die, it dies. And like animal, like two bucks fighting against you or one buck just stabs a horn to the other buck and just dies and just tries to get it out. But, and someone sees that buck get hurt, there's nothing that you can do with it. Yeah. Well, it just dies. Maybe you could just pray for it. If you saw the stuff that happened to it, you just pray for it. Okay. And it'll feel better. It will okay. be good. So here's a couple things I heard in what you said there. Some excitement, you know, that you want to get, you want to get people in on the story, don't you? Right? You want to hook them, right? And, and, and some drama, right? Like some good, some bad, some I don't know what's happening, right? It kind of makes people think, doesn't it? Right? And then some lesson learned, right? What, what can this story teach me? Like in your case, man, uh, I don't know what to do about this. At least I can pray for that animal, right? That's a good example. Can y'all uh, give me some other examples of uh, what goes into a good story? You had your turn. You're, you're a talker. You can be a good podcast host someday. I yes, do, sir. I can do more. Helping it. Helping what? The deer. Like in that case, helping the deer, right? So, so uh, as, a, as a way of telling good stories, um, how you're involved in the story, right? And, and trying to get the people who are listening to you telling a story involved in it, right? Yeah, that's a good example. You got any examples? Some things that uh, make a good story? Humor. Humor. Yes, for sure. Yeah, you want to try to be funny. I always tell people if I'm telling stories and they think there's the slightest possibility that I'm trying to be funny, I, I would appreciate it if they would laugh. Because, uh, you know, I, I'm not that great at it. My, my son agrees. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me share a couple things with y'all um, that just make for a good story. Uh, you do want to try to keep it short and sweet, which I struggle with, right? And have y'all ever been telling a story like to a grown-up? And you know the grown-up cares about you. And you know they want to hear your stories, but they're kind of like, move it on along here, right? I'm getting bored with your story, right? And that could feel bad. It could start making you think they don't, they don't like you or want to hear your story, right? But sometimes that's just to teach us, hey, let's keep it short, but sweet, right? Which means everything I'm saying is like really important, right? Um, by the way, one of the things... This hunt, fish, thrive thing is about us learning things with hunting and fishing that can help us in all of our life, right? So hunting and fishing stories help us communicate better, right? Because they teach us some things like what really matters, what details really matter, right? And what details, they don't really matter, you know? Just to give you an example, sometimes when I'm doing counseling with people, they'll want to tell me a story that's really important with their life, but they'll spend like five minutes trying to figure out what day it happened on, right? And it's like, 
okay, that detail's not important, right? It doesn't matter if it happened on Tuesday, June 14th. Like, what difference does it make, right? And, and I'm not busting on them for that, but it is kind of an example that their brain is so overwhelmed that they don't know what's important and what isn't important. And if we've got our brain full of unimportant things, there's not room in it for the important things. So storytelling can be a great way to kind of learn that, right? So this is, this is actually kind of a life skill. Um, another thing real quick is when we're telling a good story, we don't want to rush. We don't want to talk so fast that nobody knows what we're talking about, right? We want people to enjoy our stories, don't, don't we? Our story's not really about us. Our story's about them, right? Our story's about trying to connect with them. And we want to share emotions, right? We want to talk about how we felt, the things we thought, and we want to see their emotions, right? Okay. So those are just a couple little quick points about telling some stories. I want to hear some stories from y'all, though. Will y'all tell me a hunting story? Um, Because we've been doing this thing. You know, my kids have gotten to hunt for a long time, and you guys are kind of new to it. And it's been pretty fun to kind of see old stories that we've experienced from a long time ago and connect with y'all's new stories. Um, does, do any of you guys have a hunting story you'd like to tell, either either a past one or one from just this hunting season? We went hunting a couple of times together. Yeah. Now, everybody just gets to tell one story, okay? So I want you to have your best story ready at hand, okay? So you're going to wait just a minute, okay? Because I know you got about 20 stories you want to tell. So... So as you're listening to each other, think about your best story you want to tell, okay? All right, Max is going first. Yes, sir. Like the one, the one when we went dog hunting? Yes, sir. Yeah. Tell some story from it. Give us some details. Uh, that was your very first hunt, wasn't it? Yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah? What would you think about it? I really liked it. Yeah, what would you like about it? I was amazing. I'm how quiet I could be and it was really an experience to learn how to do that to get ready for when we learned how to like when we came here to dove hunt. I mean like the deer hunt. Yeah, yeah. So uh I, I love what you said there with you you were able to learn something that made you feel confident and better about yourself. Right? Again, hunt fish thrive, that's a lot about what it is. Uh, is, is us building these things that make us feel great about ourselves, right? And then the other thing I heard you say is it, it was preparing you for some next bigger things, right? And that's what all this stuff is about. All this kids stuff, all this hunting and fishing stuff, it's to prepare us for bigger things. Tell us about uh, shooting the gun for the first time. How'd you feel? Um, I felt really confident. You did? See, I'm happy to hear you say that. Now, did you feel confident before you shot it or after you shot it? Um, after I shot it. I mean before you shot it. Well, yeah, you, you did both, right? Before you were being brave, weren't you? You really wanted to shoot that gun. And we were a little bit worried that it might kick you too hard, right? And then, and as a matter of fact, it did kick you pretty hard, right? Yeah. And now I'm telling this detail of the story not to make you look bad, but to make you look good. Because when it kicked you, it surprised you, didn't it? And did uh, you kind of spring a leak from your eyes a little bit? Did you did you start crying? Yeah? You wanted to kind of holler a little bit, but you stopped that right quick. I didn't cry, like, after I got kicked. I, I was like, it was like a one moment of silence and then started. Yeah, yeah. 
But what I like about what you're saying is it's kind of example what we said earlier. You felt bad, didn't you? But you didn't take that bad feeling and say, oh, okay, so shooting guns is, is bad now. Or I'm bad now. You didn't do any of that, did you? No. Nope. You, felt, you ended up feeling confident because you knew you could handle something that was hard on you. Right? I see your hand over there. You can lower it, though. Um, yeah, that's a good story. Any other details? Okay, that's a good story, man. All right, anybody else got a story you no, want to I, tell right quick? I thought of one, but I'm not going to tell it. I'm, I'll save it. You're going to save it? Yeah. For this? I can't, I can't tell you now because it might traumatize you. It might traumatize me. Yeah. Not you. No, because they just started hunting, and especially a little Logan. Okay. Well, that's good. So you're kind of thinking about your audience. Yeah. You're kind of, the, you're kind of one of the big kids of the group. Yeah. It's kind of easy sometimes to forget that a lot of things you know about the young lords don't know about. Yeah. So we got to remember that, don't we? We got to remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Okay. Do you have your one story? Yeah. This is your one story. Are you ready for it? It's, okay, tell it. It's a, about Caleb shooting that book. Oh, yeah. So oh, you. What the. The, the book when you shot with them. Yeah, one of the things, uh, just to kind of set your story up if I can, we were hunting um, from a huge deer blind, because it's an actual house. Um, and uh, so, so all of us can hunt together. What, there's you know six or seven of us hunting there, because y'all had never seen a deer uh, get killed before. And yeah. that's a good experience for, for a person to see, right? Am so, I going to start telling it now? Yep, tell it now. Uh, I'm surprised he shot his... I saw him shot it, and I didn't have my hands on my ears. You it didn't? It didn't hurt my ears at all. Oh, that's good. I don't remember if, if I had my ears off or my ears on my ears. You don't remember now for sure? Well... Yeah, in the yeah. moment when we when we shoot like that, when we're hunting, it doesn't bother us. When we're shooting at the range, we wear our hearing protection, though, don't we? Yeah. Tell us some more of that story. Tell us, tell us more about it. I was if I just shot my gun out if if I didn't shoot that deer if I was if I was him. Yeah. What'd you think about it when he shot I'll that shoot, deer? I'll I'll be afraid. If, I'll just run away if I'll be afraid if I. I'd be afraid if I shoot again. I'll just run away inside and say, Kale will do it. And say, Kale will do it. Yeah. He was kind of the shooter of our team, huh? Yeah. But you're going to shoot. We're going to start you on some smaller guns and work your way up, right? I was the shooter that day, not not at the nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, la next later. Year, the next hunting season is almost going to be the duck season right now. Yeah. In the duck season, you have to use bows. We use shotguns during duck season. Like, I guess you could use a bow. I guess you can. Can you use a BB gun to shoot? You actually can't. No, no, no. Do you, what happened if you shoot it with a BB gun in the head? One, it wouldn't kill it. Two, it would be illegal. <laughs> There's certain laws about stuff like that. Yes, Max. Um, I'm really excited for um deer hunting. Um, kind of where you use a compound bow. Uh -huh. If I got a compound bow from this Christmas. Yes. I'm really excited for that. Oh, cool. I like to hear how you're wanting to 
you know, have these big goals. That's cool. That was a good story. Well, let me ask you this. Um, so when Caleb shot that buck, I wasn't quite ready. I was his spotter and I, w and I didn't see exactly where he hit it. And the buck ran off into the brush and we couldn't, we didn't see him fall and we didn't see him run off. We didn't know exactly what had happened. So what do we do then? Uh, you just go, we just went out there and checked for it and then Leia and then Leia found it. And maybe you, maybe it was just, you're moving, you're moving and trying to get it in the right angle. Mm-hmm. And, and Caleb was aiming and you're moving. Yeah, I was kind of moving my view when he shot and I didn't see it. Uh, and he made a perfect shot, didn't he? Uh, Maybe you should look for the tiny drips down. We did look for the blood, didn't we? Yeah, and, and we didn't blood. find any, did we? Yeah, because it didn't go deeper in. Nope, it didn't go all the way through. It yeah, didn't the, go the through. Yeah. Maybe sometimes when you shoot super fast, it will go through the stomach. A lot of times it does, and that helps you trail it. But this time it didn't. So we, uh, we just had to, it's, what, we spread out? Did we all kind of spread out across the pasture? And we all started walking towards the direction we saw it go. And also maybe sometimes when it goes through, blood might spread out. Yeah, it kind of sprays out. Yeah, and that helps you find it. And then it maybe it will just fall down, drip when yeah. it's running, when it, or just fly, away, fly. That's right. And we can fall track. That's right. Yes, Max. He made a perfect shot, and that's how, like, the, the blood didn't come out. Yeah. He made a good aim. He did make a good aim, didn't he? Caleb's a, a good shooter. I feel like with me, when I'm shooting deer at least, it's either I'm perfect, almost perfect, or completely off. You made some perfect shots, so you had a lot of confidence. Um, and and I don't know, we were having some stuff going on with maybe rushing the shot a little bit, maybe because of some overconfidence, which, which I've just seen. Um, so we're not really sure. But we changed our loads, and we haven't had any problems since then. Yeah. So, okay. Um, do y'all have some stories for us? Logan or Olivia, do you have... You're not a girl? I said girls! <laughs> you girl! Yeah, you got a story for us, Logan? Um, so one time, just for like a little context, my dad was like really worried that there was no birds on the ranch. And we were picking pecans earlier that day. So basically, he was driving like by the ranch and he drove past the pecan tree and I told him to stop. And I got out and I was looking for pecans and I took like five steps and a bunch of birds flew in the air. And I was like, I just scared a bunch of birds away. I, I might get yelled at. So I got in the car and I was like, Dad, I scared a bunch of birds away. And he was like, yay. And I was like, what? I was really confused. And he was like, now I know that we have birds. And I was like, yay. Yay. Yeah. So to give some context to this, by the way, did you, did you know this? So there's this grove of pecan trees on our land. And that those pecan trees is the place I got my very first bird dog when I was uh, 13 years old. Did you know that? My granddad gave me a bird dog right there. We were picking pecans. Um, 
I wonder if that's why we're called the Pecan Ranch. I don't know. Um, I didn't know we were called the Pecan Ranch. I think we were. Okay. Um, so, and what it was is we, um, we don't think we have any quail anymore. And uh, you found the only covey of quail we've seen actually in about two years, just because you were enthusiastic and wanted to get out and pick pecans. Oh, that's a good example. Okay, for our last story, Olivia. So I gotta, I'll set this up. Uh, we went dove hunting earlier in the year, and you were looking at my shotgun with a lot of uncertainty, but also a strong desire. You just had to shoot that thing. And, and uh, I had smaller shotguns to shoot, but you wanted to shoot mine, and you shot it. And that got you all excited. So then you wanted to go deer hunting. And you shot a deer rifle for the very first time. And then we'll let you kind of tell, tell about that day. Well, earlier in the morning, it, when it was really windy, had um, shooting practice for me to practice for the evening deer hunt. And I feel like I did pretty good on that because I, I hit the target, but it was around the, the other circles. But, but you <laughs> shot great. Every shot you made was, was you know, in that six-inch circle that, that's uh, what it takes to take a deer. So and you were calm. You weren't flinching. Oh, but it was, it was so windy. It, oh, was, it was just real hard to aim. Yeah, wind straight in our face, cold, <laughs> 35 mile an hour wind. It was not ideal first range, but you handled it all comfortably. The first shots you made were well above first shooting level. You, you were impressed, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, impressive. And then that evening, we went to the, to the deer, the temporary deer blind, and it was all windy, but me and Caleb were sitting in there. It was... It was so windy, but we waited for how long? Like over an hour? About an hour, yeah. About an hour for, for deer. And at the very last minute, before we decided to leave, the deer came out. And we got ready, and I shot one, and it went down immediately. And then you said, well, do you want to go get that deer? And I was like, no, can we just wait? <laughs> <laughs> and we waited, and then the deer came back, and I got another one. So you went in one afternoon from shooting a rifle for the very first time to having harvested two deer. <laughs> How'd it feel? The adrenaline made me shiver nonstop. My teeth kept chattering and I couldn't walk straight. <laughs> <laughs> All that excitement. Your video was about the happiest I've ever seen anybody after the shot. Bird dogs out there barking, the neighbors. Um, that's, we'll have to put that up on YouTube so many people can go to the link and see Because I've sent that video. So my family's hunted their entire lives. And they all were like, saw your video. And like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> my mom is 70 years old and has never hunted. And she said that made her want to go hunting, seeing how excited <laughs> you were. Yeah. Well, wow, that's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, your enthusiasm is awesome. And just, I was so impressed by how calm you were. And all your focus, your attention to detail. Yeah, I can't wait to hunt with you again. Oh, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to eat some of your deer for lunch today. We're going to make some burgers out of it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Max, what you got? Um, I was in that tent with her, and I was surprised of 
how hard she wanted to do this, and I'm so glad she got to dear. Yeah, <laughs> you're proud of her. Yeah, what? How did that affect you, Max, to see your sister, how she was learning this, and and her her desire for it? How was that for you? Um, it's just a, it's really exciting to see her want to um be able to shoot deer. It's like a great honor that I got to watch her. Wow, a great honor. Man, you're well-spoken. Yeah, that's cool. But it is, you know, I, I think you're right. You know, when I go hunting with young people, whether it's uh, with friends like you guys or with the Texas Youth Hunting Program, I do consider it a great honor. I, I like that word uh, and a privilege uh, to get to join with somebody in that experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, seeing when you get those two deer, just made me excited to not wait till I get my deer too. Yeah, it's motivating, isn't it? You get, you got a great example. Yeah, you well, want we'll to shoot deer so bad after that. Do, do you? Yeah. Well, we'll have to get you shooting. Get you ready. All right. Well, any last stories you guys have to share? All right. Well, it sure was good hanging out with y'all and talking about hunting. All right. Are we done? I look forward to our next hunts. Is it done? We're done. Man, I love sitting down talking with you about this stuff. Um, thank you so much. You, I do a lot of talking when we're talking about this stuff, but you just naturally elicit from me the, the stuff that I've just been dreaming about trying to communicate at a useful level to my people, my tribe, hunters and fishermen. Um, so thank you for doing that. Thank you for letting your kids come do that. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, hopefully the, the folks that listen can uh, draw some good life lessons out of that. So, um, so thank you guys for joining us. I uh, really appreciate y'all being here uh, investing. I hope this is an investment of your time. Uh, and, and that really means a lot to us. Give us some comments that can help us serve you, um, that can help us think about the kinds of things we can be communicating uh, with you. And, uh, and, and how we can be communicating those things. Uh, give us a five-star review, if you will. Those help us, those help, those reviews help that content get to folks. Give us some positive comments um, if uh, you'd like. And if you have some constructive criticism, email that to me, mickey at huntfishthrive.com. Uh, and if I don't address those, uh, then you can go out there in the world and, and, and say them. But I'd love to hear them, I'd love to learn with you. Uh, thank you for being here. Check out our YouTube, check out our social, do all that stuff, and we'll see you again next time. Appreciate it.